I am now joined by Black Diamond, who is the author of the book called 1380 Prospect Avenue, Not Another Bronx Tale. Welcome to the Black Book Show, Black Diamond. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Thank you for having me. I am Black Diamond. I'm here in the USA. And I am the author of uh, several children's books, basically on um, foster care and adoption. Great. You're based in the USA. What state are you in? I'm in the DMV area. That's the Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia area. Okay. So what I would like you to do now is to give an overview of your book. Now, you, as you mentioned, you, re- you have written several books. The book we're going to concentrate on uh, on this particular episode of the Black Book Show is your most recent book, which is 1380 Prospect Avenue, Not Another Bronx Tale. So can you just give an overview of the book for the listeners? Yeah, the, um, the book is about um, family connections with brothers who had um, who were placed in foster care. They continue the family connections with other youth who realize at some point that family doesn't have to be blood. So these are teenagers that are in for the foster care system due to the death of their parents. And they continue to go journey through the foster care system as they try to find steady footing to uh, discover themselves and discover life. Okay, so can you tell us more about you know the, the main characters in the book? These, the main characters are, are triplets, as a matter of fact. They're not just brothers, they're triplets. And um, after the murder of their family, they were thrust into the life of being in foster care. They initially went to live with their biological aunt and uncle, who were misusing them, mistreating them, and just basically taking them for the money and the property that was left from the family. Uh, that didn't work out. Um, they were abused um, in the home, um, neglected and social services stepped in. The brothers uh, went to a foster home and they stayed together, but they had separate plans. One of the brothers worked in a, in a business, I'll say somebody else's family business. Another brother, he continued to go to school. And another brother, he just wanted to find out what happened to his parents who murdered his parents. So they all had a different focus, but they remained together. And throughout this journey of them being in foster care, uh, you see throughout the book how systems failed these children, but they continue to try to thrive and and to make it. And the book ends in a way where I believe most people will want to know what happened and want to know more. But one of the strangest things that's happening in this book is the murder of their, their baby sister. And that's something that continues to play throughout the the entire book what happened to her even though they say that she was murdered as well but there's just something funny about the whole situation about how the parents was murdered um and why they were murdered so that um just drives everybody throughout the book now you 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 mentioned um you know in the book that the children are in uh, foster care um i want to possibly know if there's a link you know the listeners in terms of have you worked with children in foster care or where did you find you know where did you get your information or idea for this book yes i've been working with children and families for a little over 40 years and i am parenting 12 children right now and i've been working um with foster kids um 
Some of my children are adopted um, through the New York City Foster Care Agency. I have three biological children and nine that came out of foster care, adoption, and relative resources. So it's been a it's been a journey for me to work with these children and to work with this population. And, and with this particular book, these are teenagers. And teenagers are harder to place than the average child that's newborn to maybe under 10, which are easier to place. And on top of it, these, these children are males, um, and which are harder to place um, in homes. And a lot of people want the babies. They want little girls. You know, after they get a certain age, they don't want any teenagers at all because they figure that these teenagers are set in their way. So I wanted to write about how hard it is to place them, what actually happens to them while they're in care, you know, and how some systems have failed these children. So they do meet up in, in a further part in the story uh, with some um, girls in another group home. And you start to see uh, what's happening to them too. So I don't want it to just show that these things happen to the males, it also happened to the females as well. So you get a, a, a kind of sense as far as what drives these children, why they make the choices that they do, and, and, and what happens in the adults that play a, a, a role in their lives. What do they say? What do they see? How do they use them? How do they support them? So I wanted all of that to be in this book for you to see different aspects of life of these particular children. The title of your book is called 1380 Prospect Avenue, Not Another Bronx Tale. How did that title come about being? 1380 Prospect Avenue is actually an address in the Bronx, in the Bronx, New York. And um, that's a house that my siblings and my parents lived, along with many cousins that still live in the Bronx. They grew up basically in that house. And they would always tell me about the stories of the things that they did, the places they went, how they played in the street, the schools that they went to, and how family was family. And I, I just would sit back and admire and say that I was so jealous that I just wish I was born in their time or, or was able to experience the things that they experienced in the house because it just made it sound like it was some kind of fairy tale. And um, I, I just wanted to be a part of it. So I took the address, I took some similarities, um, names of places that they mentioned and I turned it around a little bit. Um, the, the apartment building, it's still the same as what my mother tells me. So I used a lot of that as far as the house that they lived in where the parents was murdered, who they actually owned that building. So I'll give that away as far as the book. So I just um, just incorporated a lot of that. And then I, I went to New York and, well, I'm from New York, but I went to New York and I drove around in the neighborhood and I, I just looked at street names and places and just started taking my imagination and just running wild with it. So I just said 1380 Prospect Avenue. It's not another Bronx tale. It's a tale of not two cities, but of three brothers. So which five words best describe 1380 Prospect Avenue, not another Bronx tale? I would say unique, a vivid representation, timely, well-informed, and warm. Okay, uh, could you just elaborate on those words that you've chosen? Well, it's a unique situation with what's going on with, with these brothers because um, for one, they're triplets and they didn't want to be separated. And one thing I can say about the system is that they did not separate, separate them. 
Um, it is a vivid representation because it's uh, my representation of what I believe happens in, in the lives of some children who enter care and with certain systems. Now I do work in one of the systems um, as, with social services and there are things that, that occur with some of these children. I, I say timely because of the time and place. I took it back a little further than what people may think is, it is present day, but there's a lot of things that's happening that would happen during the time that I remember the stories from what my family had told me about the things that happened, the places they've been and, and the names of, of some people. And I changed those names um, because they would describe these people. So I said, well, this is what this person would look like if I could imagine them. So I imagined them and put them in my story. I say well-informed because I would like for everyone to be well-informed as far as what happens to children, teenagers, when they're in the foster care system. And I say it's warm because these children did come from a loving family, they came from a warm family. And you still see that was instilled in them as they journey through this book. So I, I, I chose those words carefully when I was describing these kids, when I went back home to um, go through the neighborhood because the neighborhood is still a warm neighborhood. Um, it is a well-informed neighborhood. And you can see some timely pieces and, and bricks and, and um, storefronts that's in the neighborhood. And it can be a vivid representation of what it used to be like of if I had grown up in that area. But I say it's unique because my family was there. My family lived in that building and they told me the story. So I look at it on both ends. I look at it for the story, and then I look at it personally, and that, that's what I get for both sides. Well, who is this book aimed at, and what is the purpose of the book? Well, I think that the, um, the purpose of the book is the foster care system is meant to provide a temporary arrangement in which uh, trained caregivers, including kinship or relative caregivers, they're supposed to provide care for children when their biological parents are unable to care for them. While living in a foster care family, children are supposed to attend school. They should receive medical and dental and vision appointments and checkups and supportive services through the Department of Social Services while they're in care. However, there are many systems who fail these children. These children are often in survival mode and either make decisions or decisions are made for them which are not always in their best interests. So I would say that anybody that's interested in parenting, that's interested in be, uh, becoming a foster parent or an adoptive parent, or just wanna inquire about what, it, what it's like to be a foster parent and also what it's like to be a foster child, to be in the system when you're not living with your biological family. I, I want them to be able to get some type of idea as far as what's going on in the lives of these children and other children that's in care. And is there a part of the book of your favorite part or a part that really stands out to you that you'd just like to share? Yeah. Um, there is a part that stood out to me a lot. And I would say that that would be when the family got murdered. It took me a while to write that part. And it was a difficult part to write because I loved that family. I felt like I really knew that family. I did a lot of soul searching with 
who the mother was, what type of father they had, what, what type of business did they own, their family background. And I wanted to make it different. It's not just an African-American family, a Latino family, uh, a, a Chinese family, or you know somebody from Viet Vietnamese. Um, I, I just put a lot of culture into this book from different walks of life. So I just didn't want anybody to say, oh, all African-American children are in foster care. Yes, the majority of them are African-Americans, but there are other cultures that are also in foster care. You have a lot of biracial children that's in foster care as well. So I just wanted to mix it up a little bit. So I, I thought that that was um, a part for me that um, was, was special for me to write about. We're coming to a conclusion of this interview. Um, so can you please give us your final comments uh, briefly and tell the listeners again your name, the title of your book and where your book can be purchased from? Um, the final part of this is that um, we, we spoke briefly about teens in foster care and how they're hard to please, but I neglected to mention that um, my Stacey F series of children's books also ties into these books because they talk about um, children when they first enter care at a younger age. And um, it, it gives you a little bit more of the process of going through from birth to foster care to adoption and to finding that forever family. Um, these books will take you on a journey through that and the combined books the Stacey F series and 1380 Prospect Avenue. I'm hoping that everybody would get a copy of, of both. And, and just to learn more about the foster care system is not what some people believe it to be. It's not as bad as what people think that it is. I, I think they need to get a better understanding of what it is. Yes, there are systems that fail, but they have. we have to look at ourselves. How much do we fail these children as well? You can buy the books um, at Barnes and Nobles. It's on Amazon, it's at Walmart. You can go to my website, um, authorblackdiamond.com. That's author, black, B-L-A-Q-U-E, diamond.com. And um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and I have my own podcast, Basic Black After Dark, on the first and third Fridays of every month. And you can catch me on LinkedIn and StreamYard. I am Black Diamond your perfectly imperfect parent coach, because I also do parent coaching. Great. So just one more time, can you just mention the uh, titles of your book again? 1380 Prospect Avenue, it's not another Bronx tale. So it is 1380 Prospect Avenue, not another Bronx tale. And the Stacey F series of books, uh, the first one is She Named Me Stacy, A Temporary Home for Stacy, Stacy F, My Forever Mommy. And then there's the Stacey F. Coloring and Activity book. And Great. all of those books you can find on Amazon and, and Barnes and & Nobles and, and, and also my website. Plus, we did a trailer. So if you go to my website, authorblackdiamond.com, you'll see a trailer of 1380 Prospect Avenue, and I hope that you enjoyed it. Well, that's the conclusion of this interview. Thanks for joining us, Black Diamond, on this edition of The Black Book Show. Thanks for having me.